enjoy preaching very much. And uh, if you bear with me, maybe my voice will hold out this morning. I'm going to continue the same theme that Tony had. Uh, he read a passage of scripture last week, and I'm going to share the same one, but the message is a little different. I'm going to look at Acts chapter 1, just verse 8. Jesus is speaking to the disciples before he leaves this earth, and he says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witness both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. It says, And after these things, after he said these things, he was lifted up, and they were looking on, and the clouds received him out of their sight. There's a <coughs> there was an old German preacher. Uh, his name was Martin Niemöller. I'm not sure any of you ever even remember hearing his name. He was born in 1892, and he died in 1984. He was uh, anti-Nazi during the time of World War II, and because of his stance against the party, uh, he spent three years in Sachsenhausen concentration camp. They moved him from there when they couldn't keep him quiet. He spent three years in Dachau, in a concentration camp. Uh, he was freed by American troops in 1945 and set free from his captivity. Since he was a, I don't know what you'd say, a famous person, but he was well known throughout Germany, a lot of reporters wanted to talk to him about his experience uh, in these concentration camps and all the things that took place. When he started the interview with him, and they started asking him a lot of questions. All he wanted to do was talk about Jesus. He felt the work of the church was commissioned to share the gospel of Christ with everyone. Now, doing this kind of upset all of his reporters because they didn't want to hear that. They wanted to hear gruesome stories about things that took place, but he wasn't going to share that. So, this morning, I want us to be aware that the church, you and I as Christian people, are to be a witness for Christ Jesus. What is a witness? Well, it's not really that difficult. A witness is one who receives what he has or she has seen or heard or knows to be a fact. And the gospel message is a fact. We haven't seen Christ, but we know he exists. We know he's alive, and we are to share him with others. The subject of our witness is Jesus himself. We should not witness about the greatness of the church or the things that go on in the church, but witness about Christ and what he has done in people's lives to this date. We should share his whole existence, and this too is not difficult. A lot of people think you have to know everything that's in the Bible before you can share Jesus with anybody, but you really don't. All you need is just a few passages of Scripture, and you don't need all of those, just a portion of them. You need to share with people that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and there's no life without him. Just a simple thing is that. We could share another partial of a scripture that says he is the fullness of God dwelling in bodily form. He came to earth, God in the flesh, for you and I. Lastly, he is a, not lastly, but next, I should say, he is a savior. 
and the only means of eternal life and the only means of heaven. These three little short statements is all we need to do to witness about Jesus Christ. And I think every person witnessed to must experience a living God, a living Jesus. And they will if you believe it. You see, it begins with us. If I don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, if I don't believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life, if I don't believe these things, neither will those I witness to. I must be true to my witness. Jesus, unlike many others who make great claims, is not some long-dead priest or prophet, but he is the king, the almighty king of the earth and the heavens. And he is alive, and he is Lord. The church, that is us, we Christians, have the greatest news that the world could ever hear, and that's that Christ is the Messiah. Jesus said we are the salt of the earth. It's up to you and I to preserve this message of Jesus to the world. He also said we are the light of the world. We don't run and hide because we're afraid someone will say something against us when we start speaking about Jesus. He also said we are a city set on a hill. We must be visible to those around us that we are his children, his child. But we must also add this. If we start to dilute it, this gospel message of Jesus, if we start to compromise it or neglect it, we do so at our own peril because we are the witness, and we also do it at the peril of those lives that we witness to. You and I must take a stand for what we believe about Jesus. It's too easy to just come and sit and listen when we ought to be out doing things. I was amazed a week or so ago when all the people around Mexico coming by to see what was going on. They were not just stopping at the Christian church uh, Kentucky Road booth, but they were stopping at the Methodist and the Presbyterian and others, perhaps trying to understand this truth about Christ. Only the truth of Jesus can set man free from sin and the wages of death. And the truth is yours and mine to give. All we've got to do is give it. To whom are we to witness? Next question. Who are we to share this with? Well, for the first 12, those in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the remotest parts of the earth. And I really believe they did this to the best of their abilities. If we, pardon me, if we look at the book of Acts in total, as you read it, just try to understand it, the first seven chapters deal with the gospel message in Jerusalem, verses chapters 1 through 7. If you look at chapters 8 and 9, they deal with the gospel message in Judea and Samaria and the things that took place there. When we move further down and look at chapters 10 through 28, we see that they've moved to the remotest parts of the earth as far as their knowledge was. So the work of the church is continuing, and it's always moving outward, always outward, like dropping a pebble in a pond and how the ripples go out. That's the way the church is supposed to work. It begins every day with you and me. 
you and I are the church, and we are the ones to carry this message. I pray that we all are sharing this message of Jesus. There are some around us, I think, just waiting for some good news. Wouldn't it be very interesting to go next door to a neighbor and find out they wondered why you hadn't come yet and tell them about Christ when they know that you are a Christian person? We, like the book of Acts, could start in our own homes. We have people in our own homes, perhaps, that don't know who Christ is. Or if they do, they haven't accepted him yet. And share with those of family. This, to me, seems like one of the hardest things to do. Because we love our families and we don't want to turn them off. But we don't want them to die without Jesus either. So perhaps we could start right in our own home. Maybe our neighborhood, our community even the state or the nation or other nations. I just wonder if perhaps Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria could stand a little good news today in the situation that they're in. There's a, a great thrill, a great joy, a rush, a high, if you want to call it that, in leading someone to Jesus. Every Christian ought to experience that. It's a wonderful feeling that uh, there's just nothing compares to when you see someone that you visited with walk down the aisle to accept Christ and be immersed into the waters of baptism for the forgiveness of their sins. But lest we forget, there's a secret component to witnessing. And without this secret component, we probably will not witness. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit within us. He is the presence of God within the witness. A lot of folks say that Jesus comes to live in our hearts when we accept him, and perhaps that's true. But it's the Holy Spirit that indwells us, that encourages us to witness. Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. That's the Holy Spirit within that helps us to share Christ with others. So how does the Holy Spirit help us to witness? Well, he works through the revealed Word of God, what we have in our Scriptures. If you want to understand the Holy Spirit, it's not difficult. He's not some magical thing or some mystical thing that causes you to speak in tongues or, or whatever else it is that uh, we claim that he does. But he is a revealer of truth, the Holy Spirit, through a patient study and of his word, he helps us to understand what it is he does. He helps me to resist the devil's temptations in my own life when I insist on rebelling against God. He helps me to pray. He helps me to pray before I go witness, while I'm witnessing, and after I've finished witnessing. He assures me of my own salvation, without which I probably would not witness at all. We need the Holy Spirit in our life. He is the one who makes one's witness, witness to aware of sin and in their own life and in their own world. You and I as Christian people don't need to go around pointing other people's sins out. We don't need to do that. All we need to do is to convict them that sin is in the world, and they'll see it in their own lives, and they'll come to realize that they need Christ in their life because the Holy Spirit is a convictor of sin.
He is also the teacher of righteousness and the revealer of God's truths. It's by his power that people are saved. And this is the work of the church. This is the work of this church, Kentucky Road. If we're not doing this, are we really his church? One last thing I would say. Roger told me I didn't have to preach for 35 minutes, so I'll probably not. I've heard it said that only 10% of Christians witness. 10%. I don't know how many we have seated in here this morning, but if that's true, 90% of you haven't done anything as far as witness. If 10% of Christians is all that are witnessing, what could be done if the rest of us would share Christ with this one person? We had a, a theme when I was in Bible college as a freshman, and I'll never forget the theme. Each one win one. Each one win one. If that would happen, we could double the size of this church in a very short time with people that are saved, not just numbers, but people that are going to heaven because we stepped out and witnessed the Lord's work. You see, the church was commissioned to do a mighty work. She is to be his witness proclaiming the good news to the world. She is to witness in an ever-widening circle around us. She has the power of the Holy Spirit to rely upon. I can't think of one good reason not to witness about the saving power of Jesus. And I want to share with you how to become a Christian this morning. Perhaps there is one in here that has never really understood that, and it's not complicated. Man must hear God's word and believe it as truth. He must believe it to confess and to repent of his sins. He must be baptized, that is, immersed in the waters of baptism. There's no magic in the water at all, but it's for the forgiveness of sins and the receiving of his Holy Spirit. It's a something one, someone once called a white funeral, not a black one, but a white one, where you come out pure and whole again, brand new, before Christ. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, I pray, Lord, that we all today will think about ourselves and where we are in your kingdom and what we really need to be doing for your kingdom. All the things that we do around the church are wonderful. They are faithful things and loving things. We care for each other very much. But, Father, our goal is to see people brought to you. So watch over us this day. Guide our thoughts as we think about those that really need you to love and care for them enough to share. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.